Hi everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for our latest episode of Courageous Conversations. And with us today is Vivian Ryan from Gravia Media. Hi Vivian, how are you? Thanks so much for having me. Oh, absolute, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you for taking the time. I would love it if you could just give us a little bit of a background about you and um, and how you got to be one of the owners of Gravia. Well, it's, a, it's quite a long story and I hope I don't bore the listeners too much, but um, I guess I started out my career as um, as a lawyer watching far too many um, LA laws and more recently suits um, and uh, really found myself working in that field very misguidedly. Um, it seemed quite a glamorous uh, career and uh, one in which, you know, you sort of push into if your level of intellect's there and you've got sort of parents who want to give you all the things they weren't able to do. So, I started my first career iteration in that environment and then um, after a couple of years of working for one of Australia's top tier law firms, I was researching a a very benign piece of legislation and and really just said to myself, is that all there is? You know, is this as good as it gets? Um, And um, I'd had sort of law library books at the time, I'm showing my age, um, (laughs) strewn all along the the law library and um, and I just, I I thought, what am I doing here? And um, and, uh, at that point, it it was quite a turning point for me and I went and visited my governing partner and said, look, I'm going to take a leave of absence. I'm going to go on a year-long sabbatical. But I knew in my heart of hearts that um, I wasn't going to return. It was just very, very dry. And then I went overseas traveling with my best friend and um, we sort of chased the sun for six months but then was given opportunities to work in the marketing communication fields and um, and then uh, discovered where my true passion lied was, was in the marketing and comms environment. So I uh, was able to then start working in film and television and, and uh, PR and and then ended up um, working for a law firm in marketing, worked in um, Australian television, international television, and then uh, met a lovely man called Grant Allen, who is my business partner at a, at a conference many years ago. And... Um, over the journey of time, uh, decided to set up Gravia. There's a lot more to it, but I don't want to bore it. I'm, I'm sure there is, but um, it sounds like a very interesting journey and it would be a tough conversation to have around, um, yes, I know I qualified as a lawyer, but mm, actually I don't really want to do that anymore. Yeah, look, it was really hard because my parents, had, you know, they came from very sort of modest backgrounds. My mum, you know, she, she has a really lovely story to tell. She was a... Uh, a migrant from Malta and lost her mother at a very tender age and she was brought up by nuns in a convent in a place called Bozo in Malta, which is um, in the Mediterranean. And she started working very, very young at the age of 13 and sort of came, saved all of her money and came across when she was 18 to Australia. And so she came from nothing and I guess like a lot of migrants do, they want their children to have all of the things they didn't have. And so really, you know, education was really important to to my parents and then obviously getting a good job so the level of disappointment and and the the real you know that the 
the change of career was really hard because I know how much they had invested in me and how proud they were of me to have this status. But ultimately, you know, as an early 20-year-old having to do the soul-searching um, and have the strength to take a leap of faith and move away from something that you knew was important to them and also to me, but really then find, okay, like a lot of kids do that, that travel, is what, what's my purpose in life and is really, am I going to really be um, happy doing this? And there were so many hallmark signs from an emotional point of view. I mean, when I reflect back at the time um, in my early 20s, I, I would just cry for no reason when I was working in, in the legal industry. And I just Okay, well, I would, I would think, yes, you know? Viv, that is probably a red flag if you're crying yeah. for no reason. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, well, this is the thing, and I think um, we're very fortunate today where the, the, the chatter around anxiety and depression and um, that sort of environment is a lot more prevalent than what it was um, certainly 20 years ago. And so for me, I remember my partner at the time, my boyfriend at the time, um, he would say, what's the matter? And I'd just be crying. I said, I don't know. I really don't know. So clearly there needed to be a shift that took place and um, and one of which was to, to go and travel and, and really just unveil the layers and figure out what's really important to me and what makes me happy and what makes me tick and um, rather than doing things because you feel you've got to fulfill a certain status quo. And, and that was really hard, I have to say. Yeah, I can imagine it would be. I um, I worked for my dad for a long time after I left school and the decision to leave him, funnily enough, um, was made uh, after three months travelling overseas. I took um, um, three months paid holidays because he would never let me have holidays. And when I got on the plane um, from London over to Seattle and then Seattle home, I thought, you know what, I, I just can't go back. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? There's just things that shift and when you're open to it, I think that's the key. You've sort yeah. of got to be open to change, open to just taking a leap of faith and, and also being okay with the not knowing. And I think that's probably the key when you're so scared but you're still happy to sort of take a jump into a, an unknown area. That's really key. Yeah, you're absolutely right and it's not easy. Mm. That There's mm. a lot of fear around that uncertainty. Yeah, well, you know, the whole fear, the fear, and do it anyway. Yeah, so they say. Really support you no matter what your decision. I think when you do things with the greatest of intention, and ultimately I think what reconciled for me and probably with your father was your parents actually just want you to be happy. Yeah. Um, and I think I probably put myself in that role and thought, well, if I had children, what's the most important thing is their health and their happiness. And so that sort of gave me um, permission to, to, to make the shift so and yep. boy am I glad I did it. I'll bet you are. <laughs> so fast forward we've now, um, tell us a little bit about Gravia Media. Yeah, so look, Grant, um, who is my business partner um, in work and now in life, we we met about through 11 years ago now and um, at that point he was working as a, a radio rep and one of my career iterations uh, over the journey of time was to work as a life coach and so I understood the pathway to make changes, obviously having gone through some myself, um, and how to equip people with those tools to do the same thing and we got to talking and we became friends and I could see his talent was being wasted in that environment. I said to him, you know, what is it that you really want to do? And he said to me, I've always really wanted to own my own agency. And I said to him, okay, well, why don't we why don't we create some goals and steps? Um, and, and I sort of armed him with the necessary tools uh, to help him, you know, attain that goal. And when we were at the end of, of the process, he said, would you like to do this with me? And at the time, I was about to have my first child and, and get on maternity leave oh. and put my feet up. 
But no, sure enough, I thought, well, you know what? Let's just give it a go. And it was an experiment that worked. And sort of we're 10 years, almost 10 years next year um, that we've been in business together. And, um, and yeah, look, it's not easy running your own business. I would, I would definitely say to those people that are considering it, do it, but do it with your eyes wide open because there's lots of armory you need to put on. But um, day to day, you know, I think the most important thing is to understand what your value system is as a business, you know, and then, you know, working into the marketing personality is, you know, what's what are you going to bring to the environment, the industry, the category uh, that nobody else is doing and that you can honestly do with authenticity and, and better than the competitors down the road. So really having those that framework really strong and hanging on to it um, is probably one of the biggest learnings I've had in business, you know. Yeah, because we didn't really talk about values um, very much back in the day that's only really been a recent in the in the recent few years but you're absolutely right because if I look back on the times when I was my most unhappy in a work environment was when I wasn't working somewhere that aligned with my values yeah and that's the absolute truth of it and whilst I, I sort of make light of my departure from the legal environment I did try to find a sense of purpose in what I was doing I think ultimately the call to arms with the legal um, profession for me was all about helping people and so you know when I was working at this law firm I said look I really want a client interface I want to be able to help people and so that I went off to the legal centers and dedicated time to doing that and, and that wasn't satisfactory for me either there were lots of nuances and the reasons why but I just felt like I wasn't really making the difference that I always thought I would be able to standing yeah. in the courtroom so you can't handle the truth <laughs> <laughs> so you know that wasn't that wasn't aligned with my value system because when I got there it wasn't what I thought it was going to be and then finding that sense of what makes you tick and what satiates you and even in this business you know I'm privy to lots of different industries stakeholders personalities visions dreams and for me I know what drives me is being able to help people achieve their goals achieve their dreams and that's what gives me you know great satisfaction in working in what I never really wanted to was work in in what society now calls you know agency land um, so for me the reflection on this business is as a marketing partner, you know, and also, you know, someone that understands the heart and soul of what somebody else is trying to achieve in this world because ultimately most products and services that are being brought to the fore or brought to the community are for the betterment of our lives. And so finding that altruistic piece in, in people's goals um, is really important to me, you know, bringing that home. And, um, and I'm fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah, what a lovely thing to be able to do. You're right. You are very fortunate to be able to do that. I want to um, just jump back a little bit, though. Uh, life coach? You were a life coach? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, when um, I was sort of, I came, I came home from being away for, uh, being away from Melbourne for a decade, and um, sort of didn't know what I was going to do. I had worked in marketing, I'd worked in television and film production, and um, but I did know that I, I wanted to, to 
again, help people achieve their goals. And then I was walking with a girlfriend one day and she was talking to me about this life coach she'd met through work and I just, and a, you know, a bell went off in my head and we're talking sort of early 2000 and at that point that was quite an unknown mm, territory piece of career. Yep. You know, you're either a psychologist, a counsellor or um, you're a coach yep. for a football team. So I was really intrigued and then I went and did a, a course with Melbourne Uni around life coaching and um, and executive coaching. But, you know, I was quite young. I was mid to late 20s and I feel like at that age I was still, I didn't have the confidence to keep doing what I was doing. I, if people, in order to turn a coin as well, you needed to be demanding, you know, a certain fee. And, and sure. because, yeah, I didn't have the confidence to really believe that I was making a difference. I, I sort of moved away from that as well. But now, geez, if, I'd, if I'd been in, I still, you know, draw on those skills day to day with staff and, and with the business. But yeah, at the time, it was still so new. I was kind of too innovative and not um, old enough, I feel. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you've got to have a little bit more life experience to be a, a genuine life or executive coach, right? Well, yeah, and I, and I was coaching people who were 20 and 30 years my senior sure. they could see the value in it and they could actually afford the service. And you couldn't not charge a certain, um, a certain rate because then you would be bringing the industry into disrepute as well. You know, charging $15 an hour, otherwise it was then pro bono and then I, I couldn't make any, you know, I couldn't make a living out of pro no, bono. So, no, sadly um, not. So yeah, but now it's different, as you would well know. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, um, everybody's got a life coach or is a life coach, yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> or, a me- or a mentor at the. Yeah, beginning. exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's sort of that. But as I said, I do use that in my um, in my work here as a business owner and, and trying to mentor the staff as much as we can, and understanding that it's just really important to frame up um, the things that you're wanting to achieve out of your life, whether it be personal or professional and everything you need you need a strategy around that and what does that look like how long does it take what resources do i need who do i need to surround myself around and and um and patience <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> that's not something most of us have in abundance just quietly <laughs> and patience and little rewards along the way yeah you know, um which don't include maybe chocolate all of them <laughs> <laughs> so viv you mentioned that Grant was your business partner and that you were pregnant when you um, started your business, but you also then said that he is your partner in life. Obviously, yes. there were some things that went down around that by the sound of it. Yeah, look, um, obviously started off as friends and have been business partners for a decade. We were both married independently of one another, but clearly you know, had a really strong friendship in the last few years uh, my husband and I have separated and I've just really, you know, it's, sh- it's really shone a light on how important your girlfriends are in your life. Without my core group of girlfriends, I, I don't think I would have gotten through it. It's, it's a really, it's one of the, the most toughest things I've ever had to endure where, particularly when there's children involved. But what it's enabled me to do now being able to step away from it after sort of almost three years now, you're able to reflect on what our roles are as women in society and um, I do run a girlfriends group called Girlfriends of Gravia and um, whilst it is about empowering women without disempowering men, I do feel that um, in today's cultural environment, the role of a woman is to really light the pathway for a male, their male counterparts, their friends, their brothers and particularly their sons on how to be an emotionally 
liberated. I met with Wayne Swash this morning, who's a former AFL footballer who's dedicated his life to stamping out um, suicide in its entirety. But some of the, the, the statistics that he went through uh, was that, you know, males are three times more likely to actually take their lives. And, um, and I think it's very much because... They're not liberated to say it's okay to cry, or I'm feeling sad, or I, I, I'm, you know, I'm feeling depressed, or I'm, you know, I'm having this really dark period. Um, whereas women, we're more likely to to bond together and and say, um, you know, this is this is where I'm at in my life, and and ask for help. Yeah. And so I do feel that you know. As strong women, which I know you are too, Leanne, our role is very much about okay, how do we then enable those tools to be passed on to our wonderful counterparts in that male form um, so that we can, you know, shine a light on being able to bring them out of the darkness or let them have a look and explore, okay, what does success look like to me and why do I feel I'm, I'm failing in that? And, you know, some of it is mental health and, you know, that's that's um, in the DNA, but a lot of it is, you know, very much the environment um, that we're living in where social media is telling you you need to look a certain way and certainly for the, for the younger generations too it's so important to build the resilience and also the understanding that you know you can be in a dark moment but it is only just a moment in time and it is going to be there just like your happier moments that they are just moments in time too but to have your sort of support system around you whether for a male it's other male friends or female friends or um relatives so i do feel very much that um for us as, as courageous women is to try and um, employ employ that sort of philosophy and, 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 and arm our counterparts with that same sort of methodology of thought. Yeah, there's so much in there. I wish we had more time to explore a number of those things, but we can do that when we catch up. I really look forward to it, Leanne. <laughs> Absolutely. And so Gravia Media, um, what does that look like now? What do you do? What's your team like and what's your role within that? Um, well, the team is fantastic. We've, we're culturally set. Uh, it's taken, you know, many uh, evolutions and uh, finally we have a, a fantastic team. We've got an amazing creative director who you may have seen some of his work um, throughout the country with some of our major brands. Um, we have a couple of admin staff, a fantastic finance manager, a brilliant general manager and um, myself and Grant as directors of the business, you know, and as a director of the business, you know, you sort of touch point absolutely everything. But our our, our key uh, partnership is all around giving and receiving information essentially. So a client would come through our doors, they'd have a vision or an expectation about what, what they want their brand to look like, whether it's a household name, whether they need to increase sales, whether they need to increase conversions um, on a national or sometimes state level. And uh, essentially we'd work with them to ensure that they they meet those goals and, and if we're not meeting the goals then we reset and, and test and measure why it's not working for some demographics and potentially others. So yeah, but the, the vast the client list is vast across and it spans across multiple industries, finance, law, retail, hotel chains. So, you know, we've got a, and, uh, property developers. Um, there's a myriad of people that we've, we've touched along the way over, over the journey of time. And, um, you know, 
one of my favourite things is, is actually launching brands to market. We've done that and repositioning brands because oftentimes what's hap- what's worked in the last five years is not working now. So really getting in and under the DNA of a brand and, and working really closely um, with their measurement systems in place to understand, you know, whether or not their comms strategy is still still relevant because mm. as we well know you know culturally and as the generations come through they're looking for different things there's different things that are valuable for them so yeah depending on the client the product or the service it's just being very nimble i think is is probably one of the our greatest assets here yeah it's very very important in the market mm. today i just wanted to mm. take you back um you mentioned that your culture had to go through many evolutions to get to the fantastic team that you've got now what does that mean what happened or what had to happen to get you to that great culture? From a personal point of view, you know, having worked for some really large organisations, I'd always had sort of admin staff around me and I'd always been very, very close to them. And in this framework, it didn't work that way. And I don't know whether it was a consequence of time or personality or the fact that I was a business owner that had changed the dynamic. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, they, my assistants had been my friends. What I learned over the journey of time is that you can't actually be too friendly with your support staff. And in so doing, you command respect and and you can still be incredibly nice. You can be professional and you can be kind and you can be warm. And supportive. They don't need to know the innards of your world and and, and nor do you. So setting boundaries was really, really key for me um, as a a female owner. Um, But as a more generalist uh, viewpoint from a cultural point of view is, is really giving people the notion that it's so important to be generous. It's that whole give and take, understanding where we're going as a business and how everyone contributes to that end journey. And, and there's never there's never a better metaphor than, you know, a captain on a ship. So you know where the map is, you know where you're going, you know where you are on the map, you know what your role is to keep that ship moving. And then the celebration point at the end when you reach that point, what that looks like, you know. So everyone having a value a valuable input so they are owning their own role in, in getting to that destination piece yeah it's it is so important and um, I completely agree you can um, you can be really supportive and you can be really empathetic and you can be kind and all of those things but oh. sometimes you, you can't actually be close friends um, because it just makes those conversations a little bit more difficult, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I just think, you know, it's just knowing that because as a, as a human, I'm, I'm very generous yeah. um, with my heart and my spirit and, you you know, you always want to – I always want to help people, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the best out of your staff, I think, is, is really key. So yeah. I, I have to say from a cultural point of view is, is learning from um, bad recruitment <laughs> – actually yeah. gives you so much insight and um, and also recruiting those who are smarter than you and have different skill sets than totally. you. At one, at one point, I, I remember we had a strategy day because we, we do quarterly strategy sessions yep. um, with the staff and I remember at one point we did the Myers-Briggs personality test you know, a couple of years ago and we actually all tested the same. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, for our, but for our finance person who needed to be a little bit different and of not course. so extroverted, but um, that was a real that was that was a real um, 
light bulb moment for me because I'm like, okay, I don't. I was clearly recruiting based on my personality. Totally. Um, which doesn't always work, you know? <laughs> no, well, people people do like people that are like them. And so it yeah. is very, um, it is not unusual to be recruiting people that are just like you. Because mm. um, it's familiar yeah. territory and you know what yep. their, their pressure points are, what their motivation points are. So, yep. um, so yeah, so that's, that, that's one facet of culture. But also I think ultimately... Checking in with your core values, and I know yep. you know it's a bit old school, but it's still so relevant. You know, when you know what your core values are, and you know that everything you do day to day works in and around that system, and also checking in and making sure that the relevance applies, because that's hugely important. Because if there is a disconnect internally. Um, then externally your clients are going to feel that and they're going to be disappointed because there will be a shortfall in what you're spruiking and then what you're delivering. So I always urge brand new businesses that are launching to market, really get that framework right from the beginning, understand what it is um, you know, what it is that you want to achieve from a value point of view yeah. and um, ensure there's minimal deviations or there's things that complement that the layers that you build on the business actually complement that core value system. So um, having that right, I believe, is, is the right is the key to the success of, a, of the right culture that you build and bring to a business. And do you have those values conversations when you are recruiting in the job interviews? Absolutely. They sign that their their contracts include that value system and their their position descriptions include that's a KPI that needs to be met. Yeah, right, that's great. Mm. But yeah, it's important to keep checking in. That's, I think that's the key. When you've been around for a while and, and the business has iterations and evolutions, you know, is it just check in? And even we do that in our weekly whips every now and then, you know, um, not doesn't necessarily need to be a you know a big strategy session or a, a full day strategy or conference. So you know, just going around the room, what what are they? Are these still value? Are these still valuable? Are these still relevant? And if not, what else would you replace with what? Yeah. So getting that buy in from the staff really really key. We're actually up at time already. I don't know how oh. that happens so quickly. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I've, um, I've really enjoyed having a chat. It's very hard for me not to speak and to ask questions. But yeah. I'm not used to being in the limelight. I'm normally the one that wants to unveil all of the insights of people because I'm naturally inquisitive. So, I'm just um, curious. So thank you so much. I, I'm, you know, it's very humbling to have been invited on your show. Oh, absolute pleasure. And I look forward to catching up with you next year in Sydney. And if people want to actually connect with you, Viv, how do they do that? Vivian at gravia.com.au or just jump on the Gravia website, which is gravia.com.au. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Thank you so much.